Hey everyone, I'm Eric Peckham, and this is the Monetizing Media Podcast. My whole focus is breaking down business opportunities across media, entertainment, and gaming. I'm joined by a leading entrepreneur, executive, or investor in most episodes to share tactical insights about the strategy of their company, an investment thesis they have, or topics like business models, pricing, and creating loyal fans. My guest today is Naomi Shah, founder and CEO of MeetCute. MeetCute is an audio storytelling company that produces 15-minute romantic comedy podcasts to make people feel better. MeetCute has released well over 500 episodes since launching in December 2019. Previously, Naomi was an investor at leading venture capital firm, Union Square Ventures. Naomi, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to dive in more to um, your journey with MeetCute and what you guys are building. Yes, it's been a really fun experience. Um, most of MeetCute now has been in a remote world and COVID, so um, building a company is even more different than it was before, but um, I, it's been a really fun thing for all of us to focus on. And I think we're creating some stories that will make people feel better. So excited to talk more about it. So the lay, lay the context here, could you give us a sense as far as, um, you know, where Meet Cute is now and the stories you guys have produced? What's your vision, I guess, five years out? How much is it specific to the podcast medium versus part of a bigger opportunity you see? Definitely. So vision five years out for Meet Cute is we walk into a coffee shop and someone is talking about the most recent Meet Cute they listened to that morning. They're wearing a sweatshirt with a Meet Cute character on, you know, Natalie from the most recent story that they listened to. And they're talking to some a friend who also listens to Meet Cutes across the country, planning a trip together to see Meet Cute in person in theaters. So like really, if you start to imagine the vertical ecosystem you can build in a community that you can build around content, that's what the vision for Meet Cute is. We're starting with audio in a very purposeful and narrow way because we think it allows us to create a lot of stories. It allows us to retain listeners, retain users in a really interesting way. But the dream is really to just be a completely vertical media company that surrounds itself with people who care a lot about the stories, but also care a lot about each other. So build a community out from the stories themselves. Yeah. So before this, you were in venture capital, a top firm in New York, USV. Uh, I guess I'm curious from your perspective, you must have approached this kind of with a VC hat on of looking at this space and analyzing you know, within content where is there an interesting opportunity and how big is this? I'm curious if you can walk us through that thought process or some of the things you explored and then ruled out that led to this strategy. Definitely. So yes, was at Union Square Ventures for a couple of years. I spent a lot of time looking at consumer-facing companies in our well-being vertical. So really was interested in what people do for fun, how people spend their time in a way that makes them feel good. And a big thing that kept coming out is we all go back to Netflix and HBO and podcasts and music, concerts, all of that. And then we want to talk about it with our friends. And so I was looking for, with my investment hat on, a company that was creating these this type of content and these experiences at scale in a way that it could just be part of someone's daily routine. So 
it wasn't just one event that you looked forward to, but instead it was this thing that was integrated into your day-to-day life. And through that process of looking for that company, I ended up building out what was what became the business model of MeetCute, which really focuses on the intersection of a couple massive markets. And the first one is audio. And I don't have to explain how big of a market audio is. We know that you know, over 50% of people above the age of 12 are listening to audio usually throughout the day. Um, it's become more and more easy to access unscripted and scripted audio, so podcasts, because they're on the same platforms that music live on. So without even thinking, you can kind of transition seamlessly between the two. And it's just a really accessible platform. You can do it while you're cleaning the dishes while you're walking to school, whatever it is, it can just be integrated into the activity you're doing. So audio is a massive opportunity. Feel good content is another one that people don't think about very often, but rom-coms and romance, it's a massive billion dollar industry. It's, it's completely universal in that people relate to those experiences. Um, we see it in audiobooks, books, film and TV. Netflix releases a new rom-com every week, it feels like, and people watch it. I think there's something like 80 million active Netflix accounts watching uh, rom-com or romance um, in the course of a year. So it's just this type of content that leads to escapism and relaxation that we think people need more of. So you push those two together and you come to this conclusion that like maybe we need more scripted content in the audio space that makes people feel good. And then MeetCute added one more layer on it, which is a constraint actually, which in the creative world, we always talk about how constraints can lead to more creativity. So we added a 15 minute time constraint to every story. And that allows people to really create this habit of binging MeetCute. So it's not this hour and a half long story that you get lost in and you know you lose track of time. Instead, it's like at the end of 15 minutes, we will deliver a certain emotion and that is why people will, you know, keep coming back to meet cute and listen every day. So that behavior change is really what we're chasing. Um, and that's the market opportunity. I think if we can create a space for people to listen to content and then interact with other people around that content, make friends through that content, I think we're unlocking something in a media business that hasn't been done before. Um, and so we're really excited about that vision. Yeah, well, and I I like the time constraint too. It seems like in the last year and a half, there's been um, maybe shift is too strong a word, but there've been a lot more podcasts focused on bite size content of 15, 10, 15, 20 minutes, as opposed to, I feel like previously in podcasting, it almost felt like a competition to see how long your podcast could be at times. <laughs> yes. um, but, but the short podcasts fit into, um, you know, this kind of, on the go, having a few minutes here and there um, format. And I think particularly in narrative podcasting, where you're trying to keep someone through a longer journey. Um, exactly. Yeah. We're seeing that our completion rates are a little bit unheard of in podcasting. So people are actually listening to more than 100% of a meet cute story on average. And what that means is that they listen to the story and then they go back in and maybe re-listen to part of the story. Wow which was really confusing to us at first because we talked to other people in podcasts and we're like, what is an average completion rate? And they're usually a lot lower because at some point you lose interest or you drop off because you have to do something else. 
And the 15 minute time constraint means that people know exactly the the time they're going to need to commit to something. So, so we think it's actually respectful of people's time in a, an era where we're split between so many different platforms and channels. And then the other thing is within the 15 minutes, we've structured our stories into five, three minute chapters. And we haven't really talked about this too much publicly, but we kind of are running this little experiment internally where it's like, we know pop songs are exactly three minutes and mm. people repeat, listen to pop songs all the time, like Ariana Grande, Billie Eilish, what have you. Why can't that happen with scripted storytelling, which is just storytelling in a slightly different way with voice actors instead of musical artists. And so that three minute chapter is actually meant to mirror what we've seen work really well in music. And we think that that could be part of why we're seeing this re-listening behavior in meet cute stories. Interesting. I'm curious in terms of tracking, listening, tracking user behavior, what tools have you found most effective in the podcast space and, and how much is that the tools provided by Spotify or other platforms versus third party analytics? So very purposefully early on, we decided that we wanted to be accessible everywhere. We wanted to be on every platform. And so that meant that we needed to work with analytics tools that could distribute our content to every platform and then pull analytics from every platform. So besides Apple Podcasts, Spotify data that we get um, by logging into our portals and seeing downloads, engagement, listening behavior, um, honestly, all that stuff is kind of like basic metrics. We don't in the podcasting world get too many detailed metrics the way that you do in social media, just because it's still a very nascent market. But we use a tool called Simplecast, love their product. It basically allows us to push all of our content out to you know, the entire long tail of listening platforms, as well as the larger players. And then we, we look at across all those platforms, what listening behavior is like. So there are certain metrics that we can get into more granular detail by going into the Spotify or Apple podcasts portals. And we do that analysis separately. But for the most part, our data comes in through... Um, Simplecast and, and we're able to analyze the data, export it, create, you know, like look at trends in certain stories and slates of stories that we put out there. And that helps us um, pull that data back into our creative and understand what's working and what's not working. Yeah. I, I'm curious just to go back, I guess, to your vision and, and the background coming from this, coming to this from a VC standpoint is how you think about the scalability of a media brand and starting with podcasts where you know a firm like USV is looking for companies that can become billion dollar plus businesses. Um, and a lot of very successful production companies or media brands don't approach that um, even closely while still being very successful. I'm, I'm curious how you think about the scalability of a new media brand and how much being audio first is specific to building something that grows. It's a great question. And I, I want to answer in two different ways. I think that the first one is that traditionally entertainment hasn't looked like the risk profile that venture capitalists are willing to take on because it's such a hit driven market where you put X number of dollars into one title, you bring in celebrity talent, you bring in marketing, and then you push it out and you have no idea if it's going to be a massive hit or a giant flop when it comes out. And we love all of those TV shows and movies, so there's nothing wrong with that model. What we were testing and why I think you know USV and, and all of our investors who backed us 
um, what, what they're excited about learning is can you build the bottoms up version of the traditional Hollywood model? So can you still get the same output of incredible content, TV shows, movies, but start with an incubator style model, which is exactly what audio allows us to do. It allows us to create these stories in a way that's rapid and consistent and predictable. We can model out all the costs. We know exactly how many stories we're going to make a year. But then we're able to see what's working in those stories and what's not working and then chase the things that are working, turn those into, you know, longer form content, books, merchandise, touring, like whatever makes sense for our audience, which we're going to learn over the next year or two. Um, I think that that is, that is the excitement um, from a VC perspective. The other thing I'll talk about is in Meet Cute's model, we're we're not only thinking about, you know, one way to monetize and, and we can get more into that later, but I think that the idea is if we can create a core product that people are excited about, then there are so many different offshoots in terms of revenue opportunities that come from that. So I think what, what we saw as a market opportunity in short form audio and scripted storytelling could actually lead to the same outcomes that you see in Hollywood, just in a slightly different way that's more predictable and more consistent. I will liken it to a product company because they think that we're thinking about content in the same way that product companies think about creating their product. And then they think about user retention. They think about metrics around how do we build a new product, launch it to the existing users and keep them around. And so if you were to come to like a meet cute internal meeting, you'll see that we run our core product and our, our product roadmap the same way that a tech product would run theirs. And we're, we're creating our output is very different. It's storytelling, but our, the way we think about it is very similar to the other companies that um, USV and other venture capitalists have backed. Let's dive into that more. I mean, I guess thinking of, your sales funnel, in a sense, here audience development. You know, at, at the top, what does um, what does kind of user acquisition or audience development look like for you? And how much is that about getting discovered on some of the big podcast platforms um, versus paid acquisition elsewhere or uh, community building, word of mouth on social media? Definitely. So. Right now, and you're catching us kind of in a really interesting inflection point. The first year and change of Meet Cute, we've grown completely organically through word of mouth. Um, if you talk to any podcaster, I'm sure like the biggest thing that they'll say that's so difficult is discoverability. There's this insane long tail of audio content. And so much of it is dependent on some of the platforms that you work with, putting you in the carousel, putting you in the homepage. But the hard part is that only lasts for the duration of the promotion. So it's like, say, for instance, you do a big campaign, they promote you for that. That's a week of promotion. And as a, as a you know, for thinking about ourselves as a product company, we need to continue growing in all of those off weeks when we're not getting promoted by those platforms. So while those, those um, spikes are really nice, we're, we're finding that Meet Cute's entire catalog of stories is growing its entire audience through things like social media and community building there. Um, we're going to start our testing out paid strategies as well on both social and in audio. Um, so in a couple months, I think we'll have a lot more data around 
what those pipelines look like into our listening audience. Um, but what we found works really well right now is engagement on um, specific brand and story assets that go out on social. So primarily we're on Instagram and TikTok right now. Instagram has allowed us to do some live events with our creators and our creators are some of our biggest champions talking about the stories that they've made. And since we make so many stories with such a wide range of creators, it actually really is a channel that allows us to share our stories with broader and broader audiences in communities that we might not otherwise reach just through paid paid um, acquisition. The, the interesting thing about um, video content, which is something that we're getting into now, so we just launched something that we're calling Meet Cute Moments, and they are these 30-second social videos that go up on Reels and TikTok and Snapchat. Um, they basically allow us to focus in on that moment where two characters meet for the first time. And that is serving as a hook into our content for a lot of for a lot of people who don't know about Meet Cute yet. So we're experimenting pretty quickly with all of the different tools on these platforms to go really wide with user acquisition and then bring them into the listening links, at which point they're engaged listeners, and then bring them into the community where they're coming to events that we're putting on, they um, DM us, they comment on our stuff, they want to know what happens to Natalie in this week's story next. So all of that is part of the funnel. But socials have been a really important um, part of building the community for us. And now with paid, we'll start testing what that pipeline is from social into the listening links, which is super unproven. And so I think it's really different brand to brand and depends pretty heavily on the creative strategies that you decide to take um, that pique people's interest enough to click on a you know link to Spotify or link to Apple type of um, advertisement that you put in front of them. Yeah. Are there any tactics you've uncovered specific to getting featured or more easily discovered on Spotify and Apple? You know, I wish I could say I have, because I think if you have, you are pretty much home free when it comes to vulnerability. <laughs> so a lot of what we do is around an editorial calendar and mm -hmm. we're allowed, we are able to do that because we're scripted content. So examples are around Valentine's Day. We know well in advance what our storytelling slate is going to look like. The next big thing for us is Earth Day and Pride Month. Um, and so we're doing big campaigns around that. So really, because we're able to create this editorial calendar, it not only gets our listeners excited because we can sneak peek, you know, longer seasons that are coming out, get them excited for holidays. But then we're able to get that in front of the right teams at these platforms and say, like, you know, if there's an opportunity to promote us. But oftentimes... We don't even know if we're going to get promoted or not until we open the app on our own to listen and are like, oh, we're getting promoted. It's really this opaque relationship slash algorithm based um, process that is really hard to predict. So I can confidently say that it helps a lot when you get promoted, but it's not really a strategy to bank on. And I think you need to, as a podcast platform, as a storytelling platform, find ways to independently grow over time because it's a lot more consistent and recurring than the promotions will ever be. And that's just name of the game. So while I love getting, you know, seeing meet cute up on the homepage, um, those are short-term spikes. And for a venture backed media company, 
we're not just chasing short-term spikes. We're chasing that like long-term growth as a brand. And so that's what, when we see those um, subscriber numbers go up or follower numbers go up, that's really where we see user retention coming in. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that gets discussed as far as innovation and podcasting is bringing visuals in one way or another to someone's phone as they're listening to a podcast. And I know Spotify launched the ability to do that. I think it was last August, at least for some podcasts. And I noticed that even some of the podcasts they featured in the launch only used that for a few episodes beyond that, and then went back to just only being audio. I'm curious if you look at those tool sets as something important for your growth or something you want to take advantage of, or it's not that beneficial in terms of maybe the cost benefit of the work to create that extra content to accompany an episode? It's a really good question. Right now, our visual strategy on the audio platforms themselves is actually to create individual podcast posters for each story that we put out there. So um, if you go to Meet Cute on one of the platforms, you scroll down and you see about like 200 different pieces of art that are each associated to the story. And I think that's pretty unique for a an audio company to invest in. But we think that, you know, say for instance, you fall in love with our story called That Summer, there is a world in which you might wanna buy that poster, put it on your wall because you love the characters, you know the director, the producer, all the people involved in it. And there's that affinity to the art because of the story. So we invested in that from day one. We were super excited about it. On the video side, where we have found we want to make the investment is a little bit more on the social platforms because discoverability is solved. You get the creative side of it, but you also get discoverability because the algos put it in front of so many more people. Instead of investing in the video content for the audio platforms, which basically is people who are already coming to your page will see that content. Mm. We want to, at this point in Meet Cute's growth trajectory, put that content out for people who aren't necessarily following or subscribing yet, but could get hooked into it. But it's a really good point. And I think that it's one that we should think about. Like, um, We're still at the earliest, earliest phase of our video strategy and that we know we want to pursue it because our listeners are telling us they want it. They interact with our video content. They you know, DM us saying, I could imagine this story as a show or a movie. So we're moving in that direction. Um, and I think that, you know, once we have video content, putting it up on a Spotify or an Apple pods or whichever platforms um, allow us to, I think it makes the content, um, you know, just so much more visually appealing. Um, so I think that that's, yeah, it will definitely start thinking about that more. Yeah. Are you finding there's a clear pattern or background in the talent that you find most successful at it, whether it's on the writing side for these stories or the voice actors? Is it people coming from more of a traditional Hollywood, maybe they've written for TV shows, etc. before, or it's more from a different universe? So it's a little bit of both right now, um, leaning more heavily to people who are still undiscovered in the, in the best way. And I think that... Um, you know, we've had some celebrity talent in our stories, and it's been really fun to work with them. We've had Julian Huff, Lisa Loeb, Damon John, and they've been incredible voice actors. But what we found, and, and honestly, part of this is the distributed world allowing us to work with talent from everywhere, not just in the US, but even globally. 
we found that sometimes the best written stories are by people who might not have done this before. They come up with really unique narrative arts, think characters you haven't seen before, and sometimes the same thing for voice actors. So our dream is if people can get discovered through Meet Cute, through being a part of our platform and our creator network, that is such an interesting incubator of not only stories, but of talent too. So I think that there is this really cool um, pipeline that we can start to develop for both our stories and the people who are involved in making them. Um, on the writing side, same thing. We have, you know, we've definitely worked with people who are well-known TV writers, Broadway playwrights that want to try their hand at something a little different and short form. We actually were working with a really well-known writer who was like, I just have like, you know, 50 to 100 Google Docs of ideas and Meet Cute allows me to really quickly test them out, test these characters out, play with them. No risk, no harm in that like you dedicate some time to it, but you're not writing an entire movie. You're not writing an entire book. So it's a really cool thing to be able to see people use us as like a way to experiment and, and take risks in ways that they otherwise wouldn't. At the same time, we also work with people who are journalists, bloggers, students at MFA programs, people who haven't written at all before, and they create the most incredible meet cute. So something that we like to say a lot is that storytelling is so subjective, both from the person creating it and from the person consuming it. So as meet cute, we want to enable everyone to be able to create stories and everyone to be able to see themselves reflected in those stories. But we don't want to be the gatekeeper of storytelling. Like this is, these aren't the only stories that we can tell. We can tell everyone's, you know, specific meet cute moment of human connection. And I think that that has driven a lot of our green lighting process and our process of working with creators, which is pretty different than what you see at a traditional Hollywood company where a lot of it is based on precedent, based on what you've worked on before. Does this story look like another successful story that's gone out before? Our model is very much, why not try it and see if this works? And I think that our listeners really like that because it's new and different and diverse and inclusive. And so those are all very core to Meet Cute's creation process too. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I Talk to me more about your monetization strategy then. And, and ultimately, as you're kind of pulling fans down this funnel and, and turning them into super fans, is it primarily for the foreseeable future about ad revenue through podcasts, perhaps some traditional kind of podcast strategy around merch and even touring uh, with events? Or do you see an angle where there's kind of a, a freemium model here and some premium content or something else? I think it's a combination of a lot of different things. And I, and I mean that answer seriously in that when you're creating a verticalized media business, I think that the opportunities to branch out from the core stories into licensing agreements, TV film adaptations, um, a paid model for, for subscribers, merch, live events, like I think all of those are possible. To a certain extent, right now, we're just focusing on building out our community, growing our our base of, of fans and super fans, and then letting that kind of guide which ones we go after first. Mm -hmm. Most important to us right now are, um, you know, trying to figure out can some of these neat, cute stories that we've already created be turned into TV and film IP? 
um, and, and try and make one of them. I think that would be a really fun project to work on. And I also think that it could bring a lot more people back into the audio listening experience. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is rather than starting out as a subscription model, we decided to go wide with our audience first before um, putting a paywall up in front of them. So I definitely think that there is the opportunity to say, you know, some amount of content will sit in front of a pay- paywall and some content will sit behind it. As we all know, um, content is expensive, but there's also a lot of subscription fatigue. So we're trying to balance those two things. We very purposefully haven't put ads in any of our content to date because we don't want to disrupt the flow of a 15-minute narrative scripted story. We think that when you're trying to fall in love with characters and and get to that happily ever after, it kind of is a, a user experience question. Um, but we're thinking about doing branded content opportunities. We have stories where people meet at an airport, people meet in the back of Ubers, um, and there are really interesting implications that can come from that. So um, we have a few of those conversations in the in the flow right now. Um, and then I think, you know, once we start to create that community, like this multimodal community on many different platforms, I think once the world opens up, like live events, merchandise, tours, like all of that becomes something that we can start talking about in a more real way. And so I think we're, we're excited for the possibility of uh, all of those different channels of monetization, but all of it stems from our library of content, which is really what we've spent our first year and a few months focused on building out. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, with your super fans, I'm curious, are you just engaging with them on the major social platforms or have you used any um, kind of specific private group spaces online like discord groups facebook groups any of these to be dedicated space for super fans to go deeper yeah no i think it's a it's a um really interesting channel because like the best communities are one where like we don't even have to intermediate conversations between people they can have conversations amongst themselves about the stories and the characters and all of that so we definitely have been thinking about a facebook group but we know from um, a lot of bigger brands that have tried this is you really need a dedicated team to be that community manager. And so we don't want to go there too quickly before we can manage uh, a closed group community like that. So we found that right now socials have been our biggest place for fans to engage with us. Um, that said, we are thinking about um, actually very soon doing something live on Clubhouse. And so there are opportunities for us to engage in a slightly more um, live experience type way with our fans and then give them a space to talk about it. So we're experimenting a lot of that. I think Clubhouse, Twitter Spaces, Discord, they're all really interesting platforms because one, they're audio, which makes a lot of sense for Cute, But two, I think we don't yet know if our core demographic lives on those platforms yet. And, and because some of them, you know, are still young and they're figuring out who their demographic is, we need to do a lot of kind of market mapping of where does our audience live? Where do they want to spend time? Is it in Facebook groups or is it somewhere new that, you know, is still untapped and undiscovered? Um, and so I think that our goal right now is to try and suss out these different platforms by testing events conversations, discussions on it. And then whichever ones do really well with our audience and people stick around and are engaged, we'll 
put all of our eggs in that basket and run with it. So a lot of this process is learning from our audiences and our listeners to see what they like best and then and then building our product to match what we know they're going to use and enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, I think Clubhouse and Twitter spaces are fascinating from a audio storytelling standpoint of what you can do. And I think I know talking to a number of media companies who've been looking at it, part of the challenge is that right now they're only live. There's not a function to record them as well. So you use the audio as a podcast. I think Clubhouse specifically has in its terms of service that you're not allowed to record. And so it's in some ways then more restrictive because you can't reuse that that story to engage people later. If you see relevant demographics spending a lot of time on Clubhouse, on Twitter spaces, are you excited around that being either a place to shift a lot of your resources and create content there, or still you would want to keep centered on recorded content that is evergreen and you know, lives on on Spotify and Apple Podcasts? So definitely our core is our core content will always be that scripted storytelling, really high quality, professionally voice acted content. Um, that's all recorded. People, it's evergreen content. People can go revisit it whenever they want. And I think there's something um, really nice about having marketing opportunities on these other platforms that are not recorded, that are live and are a place for people to gather. It's kind of like the same way that people watch live sports all at the same time every Sunday or turn on the radio back in the day and tune into the same show, talk show at the same time every morning. So I think there's something really simple and nostalgic about that that we're tapping into. And I honestly think maybe it's better it's not recorded because people have to show up at that time and can't just like listen to it at 3 a.m. whenever they want to later. Um so I'm actually kind of excited about testing out the live part. I think in a digital world, especially right now when people aren't going to things, it is almost a substitute for what could become live events or tours later. So it's it's us testing out on a smaller scale and a lighter lift way, does this work? Is our audience engaged? And then we can put more resources behind live events when the world opens back up. That said, I think... Um, it's it it won't ever cannibalize our core product, which is scripted storytelling, and and that's very much part of Meet Cutes. It has to be you know in in that time constraint. It has to always end with a satisfying, hopeful ending. It has to start with a Meet Cute, and I think that those consistency elements are what our brand is built on. So if we ever waver from those brand elements, or we ever you know deviate from that brand promise, people will know and that won't be okay. So I think we have to stick to that brand promise and a company is only as ever, it was only as strong as that promise. So all of that to say, while we're trying all these platforms for engagement and community management and building that super fan base on various platforms, I think about it as hypothesis, test, look at data, figure out what the conclusion is. Um, and I think that that's great there. But on the scripted side, we have a perspective. We won't deviate from that perspective. We'll only keep making more content there. So that wheel continues to turn while we're running experiments on the marketing and user engagement side to figure out how we pull more people into that wheel, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, I'm excited to keep listening and to, to see what happens with some of these experiments as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we're, we're free everywhere right now. So tune in to Meet Cutes. We have a lot of really fun upcoming stories. Um, and like I said, we're launching a lot of new products, so to speak, um, be it video. We have a new unscripted podcast. Uh, we're doing a lot of fun events on social. So the, the universe is growing slowly and surely um, in, a, in a really meaningful way. And we're excited about that. Well, Naomi, thanks for joining today. Thank you so much, Eric. Thanks for listening to the Monetizing Media Podcast. You can join my Monetizing Media newsletter and find other resources like a database of investors who focus on media and entertainment startups at monetizingmedia.com.